0: Welcome to the Body Grievers Club. This is a podcast aimed to help those who are struggling to make peace with their here and now bodies. I'm your host, Bree, a fat positive body image educator and coach. My goal is to help you feel less alone in your body grief. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of body image, body grief, As you find your way home to your body. Welcome to the club. Hey, friends, and welcome back to the Body Groovers Club. This is our last segment in our movement series podcast drop and i am incredibly excited to bring you today's guest tiffany crow who tiffany is a fat yoga instructor on ig and tiktok so there's two things i want to tell you today so tiffany came in and did a yoga class with my body grievers community my professionals also have a community and i allowed them to come to this as well and this is just part of the incredible opportunities that i want to provide to folks who are in Uh, our club and our community because how often do you get to go into spaces knowing it's going to be safe for fat people or it's going to be safe for people who are just trying to belong So if that interests you at all, I want to encourage you to go to my website and get on our wait list so that if you are interested in joining the body groupers club, you will be first to find out when our doors reopen. And if you're a professional, then what I'm going to say is I, I would encourage you to email us at hello. Body image with brie at com, and find out what offerings we have available at the time of this recording or the time you're listening to it for our professionals the second thing I wanted to let you know is that I, I made a mistake in this episode and I was going to delete it and I actually decided to leave it for transparency's sake so in this episode I refer to Tiff as a yogi and she shares with me in the episode that she no longer identifies as it because she learned that it was problematic. And so I decided I was going to leave that error so that I could educate others who maybe didn't know that as well. So upon my own research, one of the things that I found is that the term yogi is intended to be very sacred and it is especially for those who identify yoga as a spiritual practice. And so to just self-identify as a yogi is offensive to those who practice for spiritual reasons. That being said, I want to let listeners know that I am open to being called in, that if I am getting it wrong, I am open to learning. I very much want this podcast to be a safe space for all listeners. And one of my body grievers uses this phrase that she said I could adopt, and it is permission to speak imperfectly. So permission to speak imperfectly, but I promise that when I'm wrong, I will own it and I will hold that for you. So without further ado, let's go talk to Tiffany. hello and welcome back to another episode of the body grievers club today we have an amazing guest tiffany crow who is a fat yogi and does all things yoga and body positivity we're so excited to have her here today
1: hi tiff hi thanks for having me tell us a little bit about yourself Yeah. So I am a yoga teacher, like you mentioned. So most of my social media and platform revolves around yoga. And since I am in a larger body, I have actually always been in a larger body. When I got my teaching credentials, I knew that that was what I wanted to explore is yoga accessibility because, um, there just wasn't much of it. <laughs> if you looked on Instagram like five years ago, 10 years ago, it was one person. Maybe you saw Jessamine Stanley, maybe you saw Diane Bondi, but like there just wasn't much representation. And thank you for those creators because they like paved the way for other creators to like find their way to this space as well. But yeah, that's basically kind of like what I want to bring to people is just uh, being able to move in their bodies in a way that feels good regardless of their size.
0: I love that. And I I found you on TikTok and I was like ooh <laughs> I need this in my life because at the time, uh, even though I had, you know, a blooming practice and, you know, teach people about body image and body grief all the time, I was really grieving my relationship to movement because movement had always been something that I did as a good fatty. Being able to move was the only thing I had sort of left. You know, I stopped fitting into conventional sizes. Sometimes I still needed accommodations. And so my strength was the last thing that I had. But I knew that in order to make peace with my body, I needed to allow myself permission to rest. And sometimes that included no movement. And so when I found you, I had started wanting to move again. But anyone that I was looking at would be like okay now you're going to do this pose and look in between your legs and I'm and see yeah. you know behind you and I'm like I don't see behind me when I look between <laughs> my legs or I can't even see that far down I'm like my mobility was so yeah. limited and so I've heard you talk a lot about your own story eating disorder recovery what do you feel comfortable Ooh. sharing with us today about that
1: yeah so tip of the iceberg with the yoga part right so I probably was around 22, 23, when I just decided, like, I wanted to lose weight, I was going to like, you know, be thinner, like, you know, one day I just decided, right. And so like, I started doing the things and lost a bunch of weight. And, um, started getting into running and essentially it kind of took over my world Mm. in a really, I thought was positive because, Hey, everybody's telling me I look great. I feel good. And then all of a sudden things started going downhill because I wasn't really taking care of my body. I was more focused on, getting the workouts done over like how I was feeling and I was working through injury I was like forcing myself to go on and this this is where it like gets in the depths I mean 17 miles and then a p90x workout I don't know if anybody remembers those but they were pretty intense and it just wasn't healthy it wasn't a healthy way of thinking not to mention I wasn't nourishing myself like I said so I was like cutting my calories back to I don't know 1200, 1000, how few calories could I eat? You know, like that was my mindset. It was really, really bad. And of course, like, yeah, I lost weight. I lost like almost 100 pounds at the time. And I was just thinking like, I need to lose like five more pounds and then I can make that Facebook post. I can be like, mm. I lost hundred pounds and I was like, so going for it. And then I got really, really sick and I got like way under five pounds. Like I lost like almost 20 pounds. And then I just realized like, I think something's wrong. Like something is wrong. So it was just like this big, huge aha moment for me. I couldn't run because I had injured myself so badly to the point where like my whole nerves on my left side just flared up anytime I would even walk. So like running was out. And then my like hunger signals and food and nutrition was all messed up. So the second I started eating regularly, I instantly gained like 40 pounds in a month. My body was just needing like nutrition and love. And instead Mm -hmm. I was giving it hatred. And so like, I basically crawled my way out of this crazy spiral of like, just like anorexic, binging and orthorexia behaviors because I was pregnant with my daughter. And I just Mm -hmm. like wanted a female role model for her that wasn't focused on things that really shouldn't matter <laughs> like yeah. like how many calories I'm consuming in a day and like how many calories did I burn during this workout and am I doing all the workouts so that I can like train for this thing that doesn't matter mm. in my life That's so funny. like that whole part of my life I'm so glad I went through it because mm-hmm. I'm on the other side and I'm like Ooh. but it was if you're in there if you're in a moment where you're just like I know what you're talking about, Tiff. (laughs) I want to just give you a hug because it was such a hard moment and it didn't come without like lots of work. So therapy and lots of journaling, personal like meditation and just figuring out what I wanted. And I think that was the thing. Like, I didn't really know what I wanted from doing all that. All I knew was I wanted to be thin. Like, mm. isn't that crazy? Like PRs and like personal records and like different things. Of course, those were appealing. Like, I want to qualify for Boston. I want to do this. But at the same time, like ultimately I started doing that to lose weight and I still was wanting to lose weight. Even yeah. after I lost a hundred pounds, it wasn't enough. And I couldn't go into maintenance mode. I was like, I have 20 more pounds to lose. I'm still obese on the BMI scale. I'm 5'9 and at 180, I was obese. So I struggled with that for a long time. But then when I had my daughter, I just was like, this cannot be this girl that's in front of me cannot turn into a woman Mm. and like have me as a role model and go through life like me. I love my mom, but she did the best she could. And she set me up for like a life of dieting. I'm sorry. I started Weight Watchers at 12 years old. So it's just like, when you have better, you do better. And Mm. I just wanted to like, give that to my daughter. And so for my daughter, I just immediately was like, I'm not going to weigh myself anymore. I'm going to learn to love food. I'm going to learn to love to like move my body. I'm going to like tell her that she can like do anything that she wants. And Mm. like the most important thing is like her being happy. Like that's the most important thing. So like, once I realized that, I mean, and I could say it in a, like a little three minute synopsis here, but like that was like over 15 years of time. So,
0: yeah, Yeah. thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate that. And there's similar parts of our stories that I think we definitely can resonate (laughs) with each other. I. I, I I had a similar trajectory in, like, wanting to lose the weight, but for me, it never came off. There was no deficit that I could do that would bring mm. the weight off. and uh, And I always internalized that as a self-problem, whereas now I'm Ooh. like, oh, that was probably, like, well, one, my body protecting me. But two, also, there was underlying medical things going on. That had they not focused on my weight gain, quote unquote, um, they would have been able to say, oh, I wonder if there's other things going on that we can address. That's neither here nor there. One of the things I love about your story is your why. And I think a lot of people, when they are getting to this point in their body positivity, body image journey, it's like, okay. I know that existing in a fat or large or bigger body is hard. So what's the gain? Like what's the benefit of doing it? And I know how I felt as a kid going to Weight Watchers and feeling like this is going to be an uphill battle for the rest of my life. But then also thinking I'm going to do it. And just like you referenced, you know, the creators before us, one of my favorite resources is, um, the body is not an apology. Mm-hmm. and Sonia Renee Taylor talks about mm-hmm. how the game is rigged. like there is no yeah. achieving that end goal of fitness. Never. It's never enough. and th- mm-hmm. that body dysmorphia took over and it's like just five more pounds. just you know, like, yeah. just work on this part. And so um yeah, we could we could talk probably forever <laughs> about that. So I'm wondering with your movement, Journey, right? Coming out of this eating disorder realm and learning to make peace with movement. What was that like for you?
1: It was really hard because runners can't miss a workout. Like you feel so defeated. I remember going for walks when I was just completely unable to barely walk and I still was moving. And I was just like bawling because like my favorite running song would pop on and it would just bring me right back to like, Ooh, my runner's high, right? Like it would like hit Mm. the playlist and it was really hard. And so it finally came to a head where I stopped feeling that way after I went through my yoga teacher training. Um, well, I, Finished the month before the pandemic started. So just to give you an idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, been a teacher no. now for two years. But um that whole journey just like really helped. And I never thought that like yoga teacher training was like some sort of self-journey. It could be a journey for wherever you are needing to explore. If you go to a yoga teacher training you will explore it. Mm. So it's not only about becoming a yoga teacher, when you get that certification, there are many other limbs and other types of like background to the yoga practice that kind of forces you to understand yourself better. And that way you can show it to your students. And so like, with that in mind, I was just like, if my only student is going to be my daughter, like that's in my mind wow. while I'm taking this course, then that's what I'm doing this for. And so, like, that yeah. just kind of fueled me to the end. And then once I started, I didn't know where I was going to go. And at one point, I thought, well, I can't be a fat yoga teacher. Like, I can't, you know, it creeps in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it creeps in. And so, like, for me to, put that in my profile it took me like a good six months of like just saying it out loud and like finding the confidence and finally I was like why am I like so i just feel like this is dumb I'm just gonna like say it and like put it out there and I had it on my profile for a long time and I like switched it because of social media you know awareness and some other things but right. I still am known as like the fat yogi so happy to be known as that but yeah, like that's kind of like how I made the piece is just kind of um, having that moment where I came onto social media. I knew I couldn't have a normal yoga teacher experience because nothing was open pandemic. And so virtually I needed to like convey something. And I had just like spent all this time becoming a teacher. And so I knew that my experience was different than most other yoga teachers, because I exist in a larger body. And they even had like a little Q&A at one point in my yoga training. And they were like, let's just address a different bodies." Like they couldn't even say larger. And I was like, do you mean larger bodies? Like, and at one point they said muscular, like somebody came in and muscular. And I I just was like, I'm going to stop you. I don't think that's what they're talking about. And I'm not (laughs) trying to be like all, but no, (laughs) I think they're talking about larger bodies. Mm. And it was just interesting how like people just have no idea, like what you go through as a fat person. Um, And so like having that conversation really kind of opened my eyes. And then eventually I was like, you know, that sparked something and you know how it goes on social media, you pivot and turn and eventually you kind of just like find your lane. And um, these people were looking at me in a way that was like, you could show me something that I haven't seen because Smaller body teachers just don't know what that feels like. And so like, that's where I paved my way. And like, I was so thankful, because once I was able to do that, I started moving even more, because I was like, I need to find more ways for these people to move, you know? Wow. And like, let's just brag on you a little bit too.
0: I mean, like (laughs) you started a business online in the pandemic and you've shared that it's been profitable for you. So, I mean, (laughs) just major props to you. I've been really invested in learning about like female entrepreneurs and like, you know, even what you've been able to share just like revenue wise, like you're, (laughs) you're doing the thing. And I guess I'm, I'm curious if, When you were in the height of your eating disorder, would you have Mm. ever had
1: the space to do what you're doing now? Mm -mm. No, absolutely not. I just felt like, well, I need to be thin before I could. There was so many like roadblocks in my mind that there's just no way that I could quit the job that I had. There's just like excuse, 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 like absolutely not.
0: Wow. So your story is so, so powerful. And one of the things too with, with stories like ours is we don't know the impacts that just us showing up online is having on other folks or on your daughter. And for me, my goddaughter, like we are just normalizing something that was so taboo when we were Mm -hmm. growing up. And and I, I always tell parents, I'm like, Your goal is to screw up your kids differently than the way we were screwed up. That's all. (laughs) Um, And so – but I I think that that's so powerful. And so I'm just curious from a mom perspective, how have you seen your kids react to – the work that you do, the language around bodies, like how yeah. was is, is
1: it different than when we were kids? Well, it's interesting because my son will overhear me call myself like a fat person. And he will then say something like, um, being fat's okay. Right, mom, because you're still strong. And you know, you have other things that you can do and it doesn't really matter if you're fat. And so of course, like in his mind, he's trying to justify it. Still, he's eight. And so like, I'm not going to correct him but yes buddy it's okay to be fat and you know what it's okay to be fat if you aren't strong it's okay to be fat you know if you are weak and you need help people still deserve respect yeah I guess that's right mom you know like he's just kind of easygoing so like having those like just very gentle conversations in a way that's like it's just normal everyday life like it just pops up When you least expect it. Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. Let me like talk about this, (laughs) especially there are times where he'll go like, mom, I got to do this ab workout. And I'm like, you got to do it, buddy. He's Mm. like, well, I I really want abs. And I'm like, do you want abs? Or you saw somebody else with abs? He's like, well, I saw somebody else with abs and I think that I could get them too. And I said, you probably could, bud, but you're actually already super duper strong. Mm. And like, you could do that workout or you could go run and play with your friends and like not worry about working out. And you know what I mean? Wow. So it's like just kind of giving your kids like a better sense, like, yeah, you can work out, but like how about not say work out? How about go play? <laughs> <You're Right. eight. laughs> or or that
0: like you could try to get those abs, but I mean, I know that in my genetic makeup, like we all I mean we all have abs if we have strength, but mine are just underneath, you know, a lot of right. fat. So you probably can't yeah. see my abs if I have them. And so that yes. at eight, you get to play, you get to be with your your friends, and that momentary thought of like I should get abs gets to be fleeting instead of yeah. a life mission or goal.
1: that's powerful.
0: That's so powerful. But what about your daughter? How old is she now?
1: She's three and well, she'll be four in May. And she actually was just recently diagnosed with autism. And so even more powerful, you know, I was like, would she even understand something like this? And actually she understands so much more than some people give her credit for. She just wants to play and be a mermaid and (laughs) and a unicorn and a rainbow like at this point that's that's what I'm nurturing we're about to like throw her a tea party with like hats and necklaces and so like let her just enjoy this world where she's at right now for as long as you possibly can, because she believes she's there. And so like, I'm going to like be
0: there with her. (laughs) I love that. And I support her dreams of being a mermaid.
1: That's amazing.
0: (laughs) So my final question for you would be when you were in the height of your own movement grief, when you had experienced that injury, what would your current self tell that past self?
1: I think I would tell them to rest more. Really? <laughs> it's It would be impossible to stop worrying about it because it's something that I still struggle with to this day. My right knee still bugs me and then my nerve damage is pretty much healed. Mm-hmm. But you don't even realize all the r- injuries you have until – some heel. And then all of a sudden, another one was like there. And then you're like, wait a second, why can't I walk up the stairs? Um, So uh, I would just tell her to rest more because uh, I really do think that I did a, a number on my knee to the point where it will never be the same like I could probably go and have surgery and like do the whole thing but you know I do believe in like the fact that I can strengthen it and when I do strengthening movements now I know for a few days I feel better and I just need to like it's one of those things like I know what I need to do And once I give myself the proper medicine, it'll be fine. I just don't really want to have, like, a super invasive surgery um, for something that's not, like, 100% nagging me every single day. It's only when I go up the stairs and I can, like, deal with it. Yeah. And (laughs) I feel
0: like that's, I mean, probably a whole other podcast episode, but, like, talking about pain. I actually have an Mm. episode on on pain. It was interesting for me because – I know that when I was in a smaller body, I experienced pain. But
1: Mm -hmm. in my mind,
0: that was good pain. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it's only when I exist in a larger body that it's like, wait, but did I cause this pain? Yeah. And so what I would encourage myself at that time where I was like feeling so much grief about being a bad fatty, feeling like – I, you know, like, why can't you just find the motivation to move? I would never put that pressure on my goddaughter. I would never put that pressure on a client. And much like my journey to intuitive eating, I needed permission to eat all of the craziest things. Yeah, That would then allow me that ability to habituate to, oh, you know what? <laughs> I actually don't want to eat this every day. This doesn't make me feel good. Or, yeah. you know, th- there's no judgment if I don't eat vegetables, uh, you know, at any point during the day that the rules, the rules are fake. And so I think it's a, it's a really hard battle, but it's also one that's in your mind, much like the rest of this body image journey. So tell, tell folks how they can work with you, how they can find you and how we can support your
1: small business. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Well, my website is uh, tiffanycrow.com and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-C-R-O-W-W and that's my handle for all the places so youtube instagram tiktok and i have a beginners yoga course specifically designed for fat people and i have sold almost a thousand of them which i think wow. is pretty amazing amazing Tiff. i know <laughs> and so that's like my like I love it. I love that I have that and I've created it and people love it too. The feedback is great. And so go Congratulations. Check it out. That's Thank so you.
0: so awesome. And um yeah, I'm so excited. We're gonna go do some yoga now. Yay. All right. Thank you so much, Tiff. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Body Groovers Club. This podcast was made possible by my Body Grievers Club membership. If you like what you heard today, you can leave us a review and you can share this episode with all of your friends. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me, check out the link in my bio on my Instagram page at Body Image with Bree or my website at bodyimagewithbree.com. Thank you again for being here, friends. Until next time. Thank you.